You're listening to the HSDNA Podcast from the Garden State. Your host, Justin Starbird, and guests from HS Design walk you through each step of the medical product development process. Listen in as they discuss topics like contextual research, human factor testing, and conceptualization, giving you the best practices and real examples of success in the field. And now, here's your host, Justin Starbird. Welcome back to HSDNA. My name is Justin Starbird, and today I get to welcome in from Denmark, Martin Baskson, the Director of the European Division for Design and Development for Steripak. Martin, did I get the name right? Backstab, but very close. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yes. I, I try. You know, it's that, um, you know, American tongue. It doesn't roll quite the same. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, thanks for joining me today. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity uh, to to get to know you and, and talk about some of your roles. Not a problem. Looking forward to see what you can ask me. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like rapid fire. No, just kidding. We're gonna. Uh, it's it's pretty simple. This is a lot of fun. You know, the um, you guys are working on some pretty incredible stuff at Steripack. Tell me a little bit about you know who Steripack is and and what you guys do. Steripack is uh, is a, a contract manufacturer. Uh, we are helping all the blue chip companies of this world in within medical device pharma and uh, yeah, uh, to do contract manufacturing. So we do class one, two, three devices, uh, medical class one, two, three. We do molding, uh, cleaning, packaging. Um, yeah, all, all kinds of contract manufacturing stuff within the medical and pharmaceutical business. Yeah, and you do that globally. I know um, you guys have uh, offices all over the world, so it's pretty pretty neat to see um, some of the different projects where you get into in a little bit. Well, uh, Martin, what is uh, what is your role at uh, at Stare, at Stairpack? I say global lead of you know the European division for design and development, but but what does that mean? Um, currently, I hold the, the all the full responsibility for the design and development team within Europe. So I'm working closely with my counterpart Mike uh, Quinn in, in HSD and in, in heading up the design development team in, in Europe, and and taking care of onboarding uh, new projects, uh, looking into design for manufacturing and assembly and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment. It's pretty interesting, though, because you actually sit in Denmark, but you have elements in Poland, Ireland and the U.S. What are some of the challenges that you face to pull some of these things together? Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's interesting to have. Uh, but, you know, COVID learned us that that teams is a possibility. So, yeah. so we are working. Uh, we are working cross functionally, uh, both teams uh, in in US and Europe. I also had some interactions with Malaysia, um, and and you know, working hours is probably the biggest challenge. That you start early with Malaysia and you end late with the US. And if you're so lucky that you have a client on the West Coast, then. You don't get much sleep, but right. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good fun. And I really enjoy, um, let's say, getting closer and closer also to American clients. Yeah. Uh, has has anything stood out about, um, 
you know, the, some of those challenges, uh, I mean, uh, being on the West Coast, I mean, now you're talking about, you know, sometimes as much as a 10 hour difference from where you are. So, uh, you know, and, and you've also learned a lot with COVID. Um, what's it been like working with your different counterparts across the world? It's actually been surprisingly easy. Um, everybody just got the, the, the status around uh, working on teams and, and there is no option to travel. Historically, we will all be traveling and spending a lot of time of that, but, but now it's, there is only one option and that was teams. So uh, it's been, it, it can never replace a face-to-face -face meeting. Uh, sure. We also learned that, but but it uh, let's say it it went smoother than expected, and I think a lot of people have also joined uh, loved being uh, working from home a little bit because you cut out all the travels um, yeah. to and from work, which makes us essentially a little bit more efficient. I, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of cases, right? With Teams, Zoom, uh, go to meeting, whatever you're using, uh, all yeah. of a sudden now, you know, well, the other part, you're readily available, right? So you can go get a nap and then talk to your California clients. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you go green on, on Teams, you're available, right? <laughs> right, that's right. But, but again, uh, I find myself even while being at the site in Poland uh, for, for client meetings or whatever, that, that I still talk to my colleagues on Teams, even being in the site. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, and, and, and it's just so natural now that uh, getting hold of uh, my colleagues in HSD or getting hold of the US team or whatever, it's, 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 yeah, Teams has, has really transformed the way we work, I think. So yeah. uh, I see very little, uh, very little challenge in, in this. That's great. You'd recently actually put all that to the test, right? Uh, and uh, became, uh, you recently won a, a gold Edison award for COVID-19 innovations in the testing solutions uh, category. And it really challenged, uh, you know, the idea you just said about, you know, working remotely, working collaboratively. Tell me a little bit about what is Express Collect and, and um, how did that come to be? Um, Express Collect is is um, is a device that takes away the or majority of the labor on the backside after testing. So, from when the person have been tested and all the way through a result um, is is what we have optimized with this product. It's it's um, it's a simple uh, device that can. Uh, where you take a test and then you can add, so it's a dry test, and then you can add lysis buffer without removing the swab, which enable you to, to run high numbers through an automated system. Um, and, and that it, it's novel in the terms that it revolutionized the way that the lab operates because there is literally very little uh, manual labor involved in this. Okay. So. You mentioned several innovations that went into such a seemingly simple looking device. You know, talk a little bit about, you know, how that came to be and, and what those are. Yeah, it, it looks so simple, right? It's just three plastics parts and a swab. How, how difficult can it be? But the thing here is that, that uh, the cost was uh, a major factor. So we needed to, to drive down cost. And for that reason, we couldn't, you know, do hundreds of uh, parts and, and, and uh, safe solutions. So cooperative with the, with the, the Steripak team in, in Poland, we, we iterated a, 
a good few solutions to generate seal, for instance. We have two plastic components that seal under vacuum consistently. Um, uh, right now, proven in 64 cavity setups, so, so really high cavitation setup. That, that's very difficult to achieve, but we made that. Uh, also, we have to get the lysis, uh, this buffer that is used to extract the, 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 the virus from the swap is, is uh, flowing through the cap. And there's a very narrow passage there. So getting a fluid to flow through a very narrow uh, channel is, is, is a challenge in itself. Everybody that tried that know that. So we conquered that as well. And, and finally- Wait, we managed- It's not just a narrow, it's not just a narrow channel. It's like- Four millimeters, right? It's, yes, it is. It, 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 it is very. Maybe I'm too humble here, but okay. it is. Okay, uh, just it, want to it, point it, that it, out. It's not a big space. No, it, it's uh, the, the overarch. So the full dimensions of the device is, is nine millimeters uh, outside and fifty millimeters. So it's like very small, and having three layers of plastic and having f- uh, liquid to flow inside that only gravitational flow is is. Uh, that was difficult, but but we managed to get that sorted as well. So so yeah, and then finally we, we managed to attach the swap to the to the, the the cap side of things without using glue or uh, any kind of welding. We simply found a method where we can press fit it in and actually keep the press fit uh, functionality even with creep of the material. So that is. That is something that we are really proud of in the team and something that took hundreds of hours uh, across different teams of material experts and molding experts, process per- per experts, design and development and optimizing and, and yeah, doing all kinds of things to make this specific feature work. But we made it. How did you, you know, find the wherewithal to lead the team? I mean, those are some pretty significant components and you're not all in one location. So it's not like you could do a, you know, a team huddle in the morning. Oh, and by the way, you're, you're trying to sidestep COVID outbreaks uh, in the meantime as well. How did you stay focused? Uh, first of all, I learned a lot about COVID because I was traveling uh, to Poland a few times. So, so that was interesting during COVID times. <laughs> first time I've been on a ferry with only two cars on it. But uh, anyway, uh, you're right. Uh, but I know the team very well. Um, I headed up uh, the Polish facility for six years uh, as managing director. So I know all the people there very well and uh, know their skill sets, how uh, good they are. And so they also know me, which means that cooperation is is really easy with these guys. And and they have the opportunity in Poland and and in in many other Steripak sites as well uh, to turn around things extremely quickly. So when we started, when we started the, 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 um, the development of this, we actually got prototype tools designed and producing the first part before we got printed components. Wow. So it, it's really, uh, we have world-class suppliers around us and, and they, are, they were also really interested in, in supporting this program because it's, you know, this was for the greater good of mankind, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, of course. So to that end, I, of course, you're, you're 
in the thick of this pandemic, you're attempting to come up with a solution that had never been done before. Of course, there are other testing solutions, but nothing that was quite like this and uh, and potentially going to be such uh, so readily available so quickly based on what you guys were working on. It, it sure must have been easy to find motivation to get up and do this every day, no? Absolutely, absolutely. It was it was very long weeks and days, uh, but but you know we we turned from initial kind of like final concept when we got the specification styled in, and into delivering three hundred thousand devices in around three months. Wow, which means that everybody and that and that was with two different tool sets because we we you know. We went to two toolmakers and say, "Are you up for this?" And they say, both of them, "Yes, we will." You know, throw the kitchen sink at it if if that's the right word. Um, it's a very and, good, and got, very good term. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got two sets of tools. We got two sets of of components, and we just produced these three hundred thousand. And and I can guarantee you, the full site in Poland, everybody from managing director down, were assembling parts all the way up to Christmas uh, to get this out the door for the for the demo day of, of, of the Express Collect. But we made it. And that's, I think, is very characteristic for, for Steripack. You throw a curveball at them and <laughs> and they will give it everything to to succeed. So Absolutely. I think it, it's, 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 it's not only the design and development aspect of it, it's also the, the let's say, the, the engagement and, and the commitment you get from, from the team. You mentioned the engagement and commitment, and you're talking a lot about the team. Talk a little bit about some of those collective partnerships uh, that you that were you know that were created out of necessity, and and how that aided in some of the success too, and, and your vision to pull that together. So uh, yeah, the teams uh, they are. We obviously have the production team in in Poland. But we also have the design team, uh, which includes material specialists. We have some. We also drag in some some consultants when we need that, and and we are all. Let's say I, I was just you know in the center pulling the strings, so to speak, <laughs> doing a little bit of the cat work and then putting it out to to uh, to the team to try this. Uh, let let's do this update. Then they came back and say, uh, we have this issue. How do we solve that? And then we either said, okay, is it equipment? Is it a design change? Or is it, what is it that when you operate this fast, uh, then sometimes you get the feedback uh, that things are not doing what you expect them to do. That, that is normally what you see in the first prototypes, but we, we really didn't have a lot of prototypes before we pushed the button on 300,000. So, <laughs> so uh, to be honest, we, uh, we, we work together with both the clients uh, that, that helped us with this. So they got components over, they started testing, they saw something, uh, production saw something, uh, both from molding, processing and, and, um, and purchasing. And uh, then it, it all kind of, came back to us and then we tried to find a way through this is it called a maze yeah <laughs> of, of, so i think there is so many constraints and there is so few final ways there you start with a lot of ways to solve a specific problem 
but as you put up, you know, limits everywhere, then the, the, the final result becomes very narrow. Uh, again, we needed to comply with lab equipment. Yep. There's no, there's no uh, custom-made lab equipment, which means that you need to comply with the standards of lab equipment, which then again saying, have they ever done liquid filling with pressure? Nope, nobody uses that. <laughs> okay, that means that I need to make this work in a different way. And that, that's why we needed to have this flow through cap work in a way that, that only gravitational force was available. Yep. So it, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of teams here. And right now the team have grown you know, enormously bigger after we got this uh, government grant to, to scale up the process. What were some of the additional unexpected successes that have come out of this? Are you seeing the, these new applications that were created for Express Collect be able to be applied to other devices come in your pipeline? What, or is it more, uh, you know, the success came as a result of the teamwork and you're able to apply, you know, uh, the, some of those processes related to, you know, human relation to, to create some success as well? Uh, right now we are okay so covid is uh, is is one thing that that, that is a very specific uh, disease and 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 we need to test for that that's what we got the government grant for and that's what we are scaling up massively but the principles of the device uh, will uh, in the future and it's already started be also applied for um, i think they are called sds and and for uh, tb so tuberculosis. Yep. So right now there is a, 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 let's say, a team working. And of course, I'm part of it together with my colleagues in HSD and the team in Poland. Uh, we would then try to, let's say, make, make the next brand of Express Collect that will uh, support TB and maybe also SDs okay. or STPs. Yeah, great. Uh so thinking about this right now, we're having an audience, you know, a global audience listening to this, um, you know, here in the United States or there in Denmark, uh, of course, in Poland. And, you know, you're not the only one that's trying to solve some of these problems. How does a new client get started with you? What do you, what do you get that? What do you start with them and, you know, ask them for questions or, you know, uh, find uh, areas that you have common ground to begin a new project with? Um, it, it, it heavily depends where we start. Uh, right now, we take it from, yeah, even from uh, concepts. So a innovator have an idea saying, I want to do this. I, and I have an idea how this could be solved. Then we have uh, what we call a startup package. So uh, majority of, of the startup problems is around getting specifications. They, they know approximately what they want, but they don't really have the specification to say, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> yeah. And before you have that, it's difficult to do anything. It was the same thing with Express Collect. They say, we need something like this. So I spent the first few weeks, you know, pre-chewing all what was there and trying to say, here is a potential output output area or output space. And we do the same thing with, with all of the clients. So we start them off, uh, off there and then go through all the alpha prototypes, beta prototypes, into production, 
DFMEA, so understanding how this can be assembled if there's optimizations. We do tooling loops, so with assessment from toolmakers and all that, and then the, the usual onboarding process within the sites. Sure. In your expertise is bringing that design to manufacturing, how do you manage the team and, and manage the expectations of the client you know, so that you can assure a successful uh, you know, manufactured uh, product at the end? We have a very uh, well-developed uh, process of, of working with clients. Uh, and, and, and let's say HSD have, have made us, uh, let's say, be even better at this uh, because they have much more startup experience than, than Steripak had. Um, so we have a, a process where we do a, a stage gate model where we, let's say, work with our team dedicated on a specific task so that we we meet the first gate and we do that together with uh with the clients on a weekly basis so we say this is what we are going to do and deliver next week and here is is here's the package and then we you know slowly but safely align on where we where we need to go with this in terms of covid all that happened in one go <laughs> All yep. together, but we still had weekly meetings with very senior people, which means that we could take decisions. You know, the problem is usually that project gets stuck because nobody really wants to make a decision. But uh, by, you know, building the rationals for the decisions and saying, is this the right way or should we rather do another way? And and simply, I used to say that that I would like to burn the the effort up front so that we don't have to go back <laughs> because it's so easy to just take one concept and run with it and then understand later that by the way this couldn't solve it uh but so so we are trying to to front load everything to get yep. the best possible concept to work with understanding the risk and then moving on and you have a great team that makes sure that all of your all of your boxes are checked and the processes are followed or, or we will follow up together and figure out where the boxes are not checked. <laughs> yeah, good, good call. Well, you know, now, now what's next for Steripak? You know, you, you've uh, you know just come out with a you know a, a gold award winning you know product that's really um, helping safeguard at this point you know that hundreds of thousands of lives, and and the goal is obviously for a whole lot more. What's what's next for Steripak? Yeah, right now the, the the next step is introducing the scale up production. Uh, I'm deeply involved in that, getting equipment in uh, that can support uh, production capacity of up to I think it's 22 million a month. So so that's a and and that itself is a big task because remember that all these design were done like in eight nine weeks total. Yeah. <laughs> And suddenly be able to put that into production and make sure that that can be scaled as well is is an even bigger uh, task. But the next one is is to let's say take it from where we have it now and then put it into these other disease types, build more equipment underneath that supports um, let's say even more automation, and make uh, life easier for the for the lab simply so that they can get more through um so so there's a lot of 
activities already now ongoing. We are we are looking at also wet systems if we can if we can seal up something that is wet instead of dry. Mm-hmm. All kinds of good stuff. Well, that is exciting. I you know we spoke with Tor Alden offline uh, before this. He's the global lead of design and development of human factors in the United States, and or uh, based in the United States rather. And uh, he said that you and I were going to be able to make a series out of this. Um, so it looks like uh, there's a couple more areas to follow up on. I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. Just give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Martin. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it's been it's been a blast having you, getting to know you. I'm happy. I'm happy that you liked it. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Well, um, on behalf of Martin Duxed, Director of the European Division of the Design Development Team for Stereopack, my name is Justin Starbert. You've been listening to the latest episode of HSDNA. Until next time. This has been the latest episode of the HSDNA podcast. On behalf of our guests today and host Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. As always, to listen to other episodes of HSDNA, go to hs-design.com and scroll over the HSDNA tab on our menu. Until next time, thanks for listening.